All right, welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. This is week seven. We're going to talk about bye weeks and player trends and week seven NFL fantasy preview. Cheers, Jess. Open her up. You can't cheers an empty glass after all, right? Well, it's a uh, it's a lovely evening here at the eleven oh five studio, and uh, I normally have Jason Evans here as my co-host for the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. But uh, instead, tonight, since Jason is on assignment in Wisconsin, and look out for all those Packer fans up there, Jason, uh, we know what they can do. They can they can provide some delicious cheese. They can own you, and they can own you. <laughs> I I have my. Uh, uh, my fiance and also a contributor and uh, and social media expert uh, for Drink5.com, Jessica Robertson here joining me. Hi guys. And, and uh, ladies, hopefully. And I am David Biggs here uh, as your normal host, and we are here to provide you with a hopefully entertainment uh, and a whole lot of really great information. Absolutely. So, so talking about uh, what we have to offer for this particular episode. Um, we're going to be going around the NFL, looking at news and interesting stories, uh, talking about some spot starts that you can put in your team because of week seven's crazy buys. Um, we're going to be drinking some beers, uh, and some whiskey, and we'll also have a little bit of a betting kind of a situation a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to that. Are you prepared for that? I'm not exactly prepared, <laughs> but I have the resources to come up with educated answers. So... I At the end it. of the day, that's all that matters. That's great. You know, you don't, not everyone has to be an expert when it comes to fantasy football. You just have to have the right tools for the job. Yes. I mean, uh, the, leave the experts to the podcasting or the <laughs> experting to the podcasters. Well, on that, <laughs> on that note, uh, I, I just want to say um, it's been really great this year to have been pretty successful so far as far as fantasy pros rankings go. Uh, this past week, I was the number six expert uh, as far as the weekly rankings mm. went. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was the number 10 expert. That's out of uh, about 200 different uh, pundits and experts in the fantasy community. And I really just want a medal. I, 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 would, love, I would love to, uh, to win the gold, silver, or bronze. But what we're <laughs> happy about... You can only go myrrh. Is that we can, you know, uh, is that we can say that our rankings here at Drink Five are are just as good um, in in on a week by week basis as those from Sports Illustrated and from CBS Sports and from Yahoo and from anywhere else. Uh, so we're doing rather well. We've done a couple of shows explaining how our rankings work, the algorithm, uh, without going into too much detail, of course. Um, but I am excited to, to say that we are, are doing pretty well this year. I'm impressed. So let's uh, segue into um, the most important thing of the night, which is what are you drinking? Absolutely. What are you drinking? So I know we featured the fun size milk stout on here recently. And by we, I mean you and Jason and me over there in the corner. 
uh, from Pollyanna Brewing Company here in Illinois in the northwest suburbs. Uh, and I, I just like to, you know, reiterate what's written here on the can. You're not you when you're thirsty, so satisfy that craving with this fun-sized treat. Yes, that is a play on the Snickers bar. And, yeah, so I would say it tastes very similar to a Snickers bar. Mm. Also, it is a, a, let's see, peanut and chocolate flavor with cocoa nib, vanilla bean, and sea salt. Uh, I was going to drop the ABV on you because I'm pretty sure it's at least 8%, if not higher. I'm not currently seeing it on here. But it's hidden. It's a, it's a riddle. <laughs> I think so. A vanilla bean wrapped in an enigma. Yes. Yeah. Um, what about I, you? What are you drinking? I have the Imperial Hickster from Scorched Earth, which is local to us here in Algonquin, where uh, where Jess and I are from. And uh, this particular beer is uh, a part of their Hickster line, which is a cream ale, but they continue to build on that by putting that, I think, the, um, the original recipe that they have um, through various iterations uh, and different styles of beer. And this one's pretty cool. I don't know if you can see the the artwork here, but it looks like he's almost in like a uh, um, a stormtrooper helmet, like it's the Imperial Death March. Yeah. Except the guy has a huge beard because he's the hickster. Because he's a hickster, right? So love it. It's uh, <laughs> interesting brewery over there. We appreciate them. Shout out to Scorched Earth. Yep. Maybe we'll see you on Friday. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> And for all of you that have listened for many years now, because we've been doing this for a long time, uh, we appreciate you, um, you know, listening to our podcast year over year, week over week, month over month, through all these seasons. We hope that you get out of it what you need to to dominate your leagues. That's the the whole purpose of this. But um, we want you to know that we're also doing it on YouTube so that you can see us in, uh, in living color. And we would love to get a like on that channel for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, for you to ring the bell so you can get the notifications every time we have a new video that comes out. And whether or not you do, we're still going to continue doing the podcast itself, distributed on channels like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and Google and everywhere else. So, going right into uh, the content that we have for today's show. You should know that Jason is listening in and is already calling for a shot. Ah. Just so you know. Well, Jason, uh, you may not be here um, in uh, physicality, but you're here in spirit. Just so happens we have these queued up just for you. And we happen to have some spirits right here, so we're going we're gonna to join you. <laughs> mm. So that's a little Woodford Reserve for those of you who are not watching on a live stream of video. Ah, it is a tasty, tasty whiskey. We did visit them uh, once upon a time for our buddy Vince's bachelor party. and You and Jason did. I have to tell I you. I still have to get there. Going to Woodford is an experience that everyone should have. Assuming they drink whiskey. Sure. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's just a, a nice location. <laughs> Uh, but let's go around the NFL. So, the Browns are going to start Case Keenum this week on Thursday night versus the Broncos with Baker Mayfield sidelined for with a torn labrum in his left shoulder. The Browns also have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, of course, who are both ruled out for the week, leaving two virtually unknown running backs, DeErnest Johnson and Demetric Felton, to lead the backfield. Honestly, Jess, this scenario might prove beneficial to Browns pass catchers Odell Beckham Jr. 
uh, who has not been performing at a high level lately, and Jarvis Landry, who's coming back from IR and could rejoin the active roster this week. And what's proving to be a tough bye week for receivers especially, those might be options for Week 7. Yeah, so Beckham has been averaging only 3.5 receptions and just over 7 fantasy points per game. Mm-hmm. Not not great for us fantasy owners. Oh, no. No. Um, so that's so far this season. Uh, but he has been targeted quite a lot over that time, actually. Uh, so maybe the problem is just as much Baker Mayfield as it is OBJ. Is it a catching problem? Is it a passing problem? Yeah, I got to think it's both. And, and right now you have a shoulder injury to OBJ, which brought him back out of the game uh, as he seemed to be doing a little bit better. And you have a, uh, a shoulder injury for Baker Mayfield in, in the torn labrum. And they've been saying that Baker Mayfield may have been struggling through that for the past couple of weeks. So I think it's just a, uh, a missed connection. You know, like I saw you on the subway, you were in the green dress, you looked beautiful, but I just didn't get up the nerve to talk to you. <laughs> uh, Kadarius Tony aggravated an existing ankle injury in the opening drive of the Giants' Week 6 game against the Rams. It's especially sad, I think, for Tony and those with fantasy stock in Tony because he was coming off a breakout game where he notched 10 receptions for 189 yards in Week 5 against the Cowboys. Now, even though he was ruled out of the game in the first quarter this past week, Tony had already recorded three receptions for 36 yards. It's looking strong. Yeah, so that's more evidence that the Giants intended to use him as the focal point of the passing offense. Imagine if the Giants actually had another guy who was out there like Odell Beckham Jr., who the Giants used to have, as well as Saquon Barkley, something that I don't think the Giants have had as far as uh, both touch points of their offense doing well at the same time for a very long time. Uh, I, I don't think that... Um, that he's going to be put on injured reserve. The Giants coach Joe Judge said that they don't intend to put him on IR. Um, it's a good sign. So it indicates that he's expected to recover within the next couple of weeks. But it's also very unlikely that he suits up for this next week in Week 7 against the Panthers. So meanwhile, we have Sterling Shepard, who is healthy again. Bless, you know, thank goodness to whoever you praise uh, for that. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to Sterling Shepard. Yes. Um, and he was able to, uh, to produce good fantasy numbers last week after Tony's exit from the game. And I know the pain of that. I also picked up Tony last week and started him. And But Shepard caught 10 of 14 targets for 76 yards. Um, as long as Tony is unable to play, Shepard should be a good start as a wide receiver, wide receiver three at least um, in PPR leagues. Yeah, he has been he has been scoring quite a bit considering the fact that if you're not in a standard league and only scoring for yardage, he has been getting six, seven, eight, nine, up to ten receptions per week. And so if Tony is not playing, then he absolutely has to be started, uh, at least on the bottom of uh, your wide receiver list. I mean, you might have a stacked wide receiver list, like for example, in one league, you just mentioned this uh, last week when you were looking over my shoulder at a lineup. You're like, how do you have uh, Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup? Two of the top three. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because Cooper Cup was not drafted extremely high this year. So you're able to get those kind of guys if you're lucky. But uh, even people that have really great wide receiver one and twos, um, the odds that you have 
three top 10 wide receivers are very low. So getting a guy like Sterling Shepard that has a huge floor that allows you to get at least 10, 11 points every single game, no matter what the outcome, is really, really nice for you. For sure, for sure. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. He's back in the news as uh, quite a few stories have come out this afternoon saying that Dolphins... Not all scandalous. No, not all of them. Saying that Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa may be playing his last game in the aqua orange and blue that Miami wears on this Sunday. This might be a three-way trade because Miami wants Watson, but Houston doesn't have any interest at all in acquiring Tua. So they're just looking for a collection of future first and second round draft picks. I was telling you earlier at dinner, they're looking for, I think, three first-round draft picks and one or two second-round draft picks. That's a huge collection of draft picks for Deshaun, but he is a top-five dynasty quarterback. So the question is really uh, whether or not he's going to be able to easily come back to play. Uh, The move will also reunite Watson with the speedster Will Fuller that he played with on Houston. I know you're familiar with Fuller. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he previously said, Watson did, that he would be interested in a trade to Miami. Watson has a no-trade, um, uh, I forget what it's called, um, but, but he's, he's able to, uh, to say no to a trade if he wants to veto it. No-trade contract or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, 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 in his, uh, it's in his contract. It's in, exactly. his, it's in the bylines. The NFL trade deadline itself is November 2nd, so after November 2nd, there is no trading that can happen in the NFL until we get to the offseason. And so it's fast approaching. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, as a trade of this kind of magnitude is going to affect uh, fantasy players a lot. There'll be a lot of implications. Oh Yeah, especially with those dynasty leagues. Um, I'm not personally in one right now, but I know uh, that that can be a huge thing. Um, So... What's on my mind, which may be on many other people's minds, uh, what is going on with all those allegations? What's going to happen with all of that that have been brought against Watson? There were 20-plus civil lawsuits. Some of them became criminal complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't he currently under investigation? We seem to just be ignoring that, and he's still playing. Um, will he still be able to play this season in the NFL? So he's not playing in that he's not suiting up and starting in actual games. True, true. And what Houston is doing right now is they're just considering him inactive every single week. Mm. But he is still on the active roster. He's just being considered inactive so that they can still trade him and try to get something for him. I think in answer to your question, the NFL itself has not made any final decisions as to what to do with Watson because they don't have to. They don't have to because Houston has never made him active. And generally, if there is an active criminal complaint that is being investigated, a player would be put on the commissioner's exempt list, meaning that they are not allowed to play, but that they'll be on like a, uh, a paid absence, a paid leave. Um, and I think that could happen if he goes to Miami. In my opinion, without getting too much into this in general, uh, I think... The charges will probably all this year either be dropped or there will be a huge lawsuit in case that comes up that won't happen until next year. So we're either going to see Watson able to play later this year or early next year or or not play this year or next year and then come back uh, after any charges or criminal lawsuits are, are, uh, are put through and affected. 
it's just amazing that he's made it this far and hasn't been completely cut off. Yeah, I mean, so the NFL doesn't really want to get involved with it, right? And and I guess it, it makes sense to some extent is that they don't have to make a decision until they have to make a decision. But you know why they'll have to make a decision? If the Dolphins do trade for Watson, they're going to try to start him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, should be interesting. But regardless of uh, whether or not they do end up starting Watson, it'll still have fantasy implications because Tua will probably go somewhere else. He won't remain in Miami. Um, and Houston will have new draft picks and be suddenly under a, a, a higher uh, um, a higher level of rebuilding. And uh, there may be some other components that get moved around as well. Look forward to seeing how that all plays out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, well, let's move ourselves right into week seven bi-week fill-ins. Because mm, not only do we have the bi-week issues, we also have all those injuries that we talked about last week. So I know Jason and I both were struggling with wide receiver uh, replacements this week due to injuries and bi-weeks. So as soon as you uh, pour those up, we can get into that. Well, we Hi, got. Troy. <laughs> we've, got, we've got Juxtapose6 on Twitter calling for shots, so we're going to give you what you want, sir. Let's do a little oh, Woodford. I'm not the official for licensed those... YouTube account, so I can't see everything you're seeing. <laughs> for well, those of I'll you, take your word for it. For those of you who are, uh, are not uh, uh, privy to uh, the internal conversation or you're not watching on YouTube, we're doing uh, another shot of Woodford Reserve here. Uh, so cheers, Jess. Before we move on to these uh, less than stellar week seven by week fill-ins. Gotta do what we gotta do. Mm-hmm. And uh, hello, Bolt fan in the chat room as well. If you have any lineup questions or anything you'd like to ask us or comments, please go ahead and put them in the chat. We're going to talk about week seven by week fill-ins right now. Running backs out for week seven. We're going to start with running backs. So you guys know we have the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, um, Los Angeles Chargers, Minnesota Vikings, and Pittsburgh Steelers all out for bye right now. That means that Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, James Robinson, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and Najee Harris are all unable to be played for this particular week's fantasy production so it's a lot when you have those guys out i've got some zeke problems myself sometimes you might have uh one or two of them on your squad you have to oh, fill and the those Delvin blanks Cook, yeah. and it's also possible that maybe you drafted without bye weeks in mind in particular something that i do actually we can get into this in redraft strategy show but i don't feel like making sure that you always have everyone on different bye weeks i don't feel like that's an important part of drafting i feel like the important part of drafting is making sure you have the best players available and you deal with it as it comes so for example i had asked you the other day um when you are drafting do you still pay attention to how many people you have on the same bye week and yeah. you said no and i can concur that this year i did not do that either now i've this is my oh, this well is, i said no i said no with year. a caveat though I said no, except if you have, uh, if you're talking about quarterback or tight end, and you're gonna right. and you're gonna draft in a redraft league that only plays one of each position, 
Then, if you're drafting more than one of those positions, for example, two quarterbacks or two tight ends in a league that only plays one of them, Which I then, do. then you have to. Make Otherwise, sure that they're not on the same week. If you draft two tight ends that Otherwise, both have a, point? a bye week of seven. Yeah, exactly. Not a good situation. And I don't, I don't draft more than one kicker at a time, more than one defense at, the, at a time, but obviously you run into those issues now. Defense, I switch out every week. Um, that's just the smart thing to do I think uh kickers if you have a high ranking kicker I feel like a Justin Tucker you can stick with the whole year well, um but you still have bye week issues I will agree with Justin Tucker thank you <laughs> and uh yes I know another friend who would agree um uh anyway um uh, I don't know if he's listening in right now but uh yes um when I first started playing like I said this is my 10th year actually uh, I definitely paid attention to that during the draft and tried to make sure that I didn't have more than, you know, two or three guys in the same week. This year, I just said, let's just throw it all out there. Whatever happens, happens. Okay. Anyway. No, I, I agree. With the exception of the quarterbacks or tight ends, or like you mentioned, the kickers or defense, uh, you're talking about offensive skill positions of wide receiver, running back, and ty- uh, wide receiver and running back primarily. There's no real reason to look at the uh, the bye weeks when you're drafting. Now, one strategy I could offer people uh, as sort of uh, something to look back at is if it's possible, you know, maybe you could try to find the guys with the same bye week. Because wouldn't it be nice if you just lost one week when everyone was on bye and then didn't have to worry about it again? That could be interesting. The other possibility is... That's a strategy. The other possibility is... But it's a stretch because you have to stretch to find those players. They may not be who you want to draft. The other possibility is uh, what if, since you have uh, those weeks one through six or uh, one through five before bye weeks actually start... What if you look ahead and see who uh, is on your team that has a bye week and then just consistently trade those players to other teams that have players that you want that already had their bye weeks? You could form a team uh, that never has a bye week by always trading for those players that have already had their bye week. Then you are automatically gaining value assuming that those players have a uh, consistent um, base scoring. I feel like that's definitely for the advanced player, which I feel like <laughs> the majority of the people who listen to this podcast are more of the uh, you know advanced um, players. It, it could be an advanced strategy. And even yeah. though, like I said, I have been playing for 10 years, I have... Uh, You're not on that tip yet. Right. Um, one <laughs> league, I have two championships. Another league that's only been going for three or four years now, I have a championship there. Uh, I... I I need to get more into the trading. Well, it sounds like you have three ships. If you have like five ships, you got an armada. So, you know, you're you're on your three. you're yeah. on your way. Yeah. Let's talk about these running back bye week fill-ins. So, uh, although DeErnest Johnson, who's 32% owned in flea flicker leagues, will find it very hard to earn a regular role in this offense with Nick Chubb likely returning from a multi-week calf injury uh, in Week Eight against the Steelers. Uh, or I'm sorry, week six against the Steelers. Uh, Kareem Hunt will be out until at least week 10. Uh, so there is some wiggle room for more fantasy production if Johnson shows up in a big way on Thursday night football. I'm not expecting really big things here, but did you know that Johnson, who is a running back, Dearness Johnson, Dearness. for the Cleveland Browns, was the most targeted receiver from Case Keenum during the preseason? I did not. 
Cannot honestly say. In fact, I feel like this week is the first time I've really heard his name. So credit. So either I just wasn't paying attention. No. <laughs> so unless you watched preseason football. Which I. A lot of people that play fantasy are not watching uh, all of the early games. Uh, and these are the, the games in which Ernest Johnson really uh, made a name for himself. It's more about uh, for the team or for those players that are in Dynasty or Devi that, you know, watch all these kinds of things. But um, uh, I have to say, Andrew Erickson, who's an analyst for Pro Football Focus, he pointed this out today on Twitter. Have to give him credit. First of all, he deserves a follow for those of you looking to get a leg up on competition in your league. So follow Andrew Erickson. Uh, But secondly, this developing situation has about a 60-40 percentage chance, in my estimation, of turning Dearness Johnson into a reasonable play. And by reasonable play, I mean uh, someone who scores around 10 fantasy points in half PPR or PPR leagues this week. Uh, and I currently have him as the RB24. So I'm, I'm ranking him pretty high. Um, what do you think about that? That's pretty high. Um, but now don't forget that last year when Chubb got hurt, Johnson came in and he put up 13 carries for 95 yards. Uh, I okay. had to dig deep for those for those stats. Yeah, 13 for 95. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he could definitely carve out a role in that offense, um, especially considering that Hunt's injury was described as significant, which I don't like because I have. Anyway, uh, his injury was described as significant. Um, so he could easily miss more than just the minimum three weeks. So that could be a good potential there for, you know, Dearness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's looking back at 2020, saying that Johnson was there putting up points when Chubb was gone, and so I have to agree. If uh, if Hunt is gone for for four, five, six weeks, and Dearness does well there, then you could see him carve out a role that's similar to what Hunt had, which is uh, an RB two or three or, or flex position on your team every week. So suddenly you have a waiver wire or an acquisition, uh, a transaction on your team that you thought could just be a, a week seven by week fill in that might end up being someone for the rest of the year to provide fantasy value. And we don't even know to the extent that Nick Chubb is injured, but a calf injury is usually something that only takes a week or two max to get over. So good, good work on that analysis. It's tough to recommend uh, a running back from the New England Patriots. Uh, but Ramondre Stevenson, who's 41% owned in Flea Flicker Leagues, he's seeing more usage in the offense. So last week he put up 13.7 fantasy points. That's five carries for 23 yards, a touchdown, and three receptions for 39 yards. Not too shabby for a name that most people probably aren't very familiar with. Yeah, again, and, and that's the point of today's podcast is talking about these players that maybe you're not familiar with because they can, one, help with uh, the bye week fill-in spot starts, um, or two, be someone that, that maybe jumps up into your team and gets to be a flex player all year long. Um, Damian Harris, he's the, uh, the incumbent uh, running back for the New England Patriots, the starter there. His involvement in the passing game has been trending down. So he registered only one target over the past two weeks. Now, although Damian Harris has certainly been getting the lion's share of short yardage work and goal line work as a running back, he has not been getting almost any of the passing down uh, and, uh, and third down work as a running back in the New England offense. So the armchair analysis from watching both players over the past two weeks, taking into account this week's matchup against the Jets, who allow the sixth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. 
that's 22.5 fantasy points per game, says that Ramondre should be an okay fill-in for Week 7. And, again, like Darnus Johnson, uh, Ramondre has the additional perk that he could go on to provide flex value going forward as well. And he's my running back 35 this week. Okay. Now, so, but what about Brandon Bolden, who's been filling the James White role on the New England offense this season? Um, I know he only had one target last week. That's painful. Um, But he had 16 targets between week three and five. Is he just an afterthought now with Ramondre Stevenson coming in um, at the number two uh, spot in New England? Yeah, I think so. I think I think Ramondre has come on. You know what happened to him is is I think in the first week or the second week, um, Ramondre is a rookie this year. Okay. Uh, in the first week or second week uh, of the season, he had a fumble. Bill Belichick, you know, shut it down. <laughs> historically, <laughs> hates when people come in and don't do their job correctly. Or you they had lose one the football. Job. Exactly. And so what he'll normally do is penalize someone or just knock them out of their job for a couple weeks. Um, and I think that's what happened with Ramondre. But he was drafted to be that guy, and it looks to me like uh, he is getting another chance. So unless he fumbles again or has some kind of a, a misstep that occurs, um, I think that Ramondre Stevenson is going to end up being that number two guy. And Damian Harris, like any running back for the New England Patriots, should watch out because Bill Belichick doesn't give a shit what your name is and where you come from and who you are and how you've been doing. Yep. He only cares how you are doing. And so Ramondre Stevenson could be a guy that we end up talking about in week 12, uh, as is assuming that's not the Patriots bye week, of course, because I'm not sure what that is. Uh, just, <laughs> just talking about it off kilter. But uh, he could be a guy we talk about in week 12 as you know the, a top 10 running back. Because whoever is going to be the running back in that offense, whoever Bill gives the shot to, will generally be successful. Right. That's always been, traditionally, the hard thing about this offense, determining who Bill likes and, and who is the guy that will get the carries. And who's not on his shit list. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, so we, uh, we have some, uh, some comments from the, from the chat that I want to bring up. Jason says, someone in my Dynasty League spent $41 out of $100 on DeErnest Johnson. Uh, And uh, I think that that's more than you need to spend. But I got to tell you, he does have the chance to be a lot more than you think he will. um, Based on Kareem Hunt and what we just talked about him, maybe being a 4, 6, maybe even more weak injury. Uh, Nick Chubb has a calf injury, but, but God knows how long he'll actually be out. And... As we know on the Cleveland Browns offense, any of those guys could be a consistent threat week after week if there is uh, if there's just a one B to that one A. Um, we've got uh, a couple other questions, uh, but we'll get to those in a little bit. I want to uh, get back to our I'm other to running backs. The, uh... New England bye week for you. That's oh, what I was doing. <laughs> it's not a big deal. I'm just saying I didn't want to throw out week 12 and then they were on bye. 
Um, other running backs to consider, uh, picking up for your spot start, your flex position, uh, or uh, starting for someone who is on bye this week, are J.D. McKissick, who's 70% owned. It's now, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to grab a guy like J.D., who's 70% owned, but there are some leagues that he is available in. He's uh, RB25. Uh, Jess, you and I talked about this earlier. JD is uh, very much a boomer bust guy, depending on how uh, the Washington offense is running and how Antonio Gibson is as far as his health is concerned. Yeah, so depending on the rest of my lineup, the other options that I have, I have him. Uh, I think I have only started him once uh, because, like you said, boomer bust, and it's such a risky play sometimes. Yeah. And the other guy is Le'Veon Bell, who's 30% owned. Uh, he was last week marked to the active roster on the Ravens, and then he ended up scoring a touchdown and I think getting eight carries for uh, some amount of yards. He did not have uh, exemplary play during that game. However, it looks as though it may just be Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell going forward, at least for next week. And so Le'Veon Bell, who could be available on the wire in your league right now, uh, is, is clearly an option uh, as far as a guy with upside, when you may not have that currently on your bench. Let's talk about wide receivers. So you know the teams, I just mentioned them earlier, that are out for this bye week, but let's just run through the guys, the wide receivers. Uh, and of course, there are more of these than running backs because there are more wide receivers that, that get played uh, fruitfully on a team. It's probably why Jason and so many other people and I all have wide receiver problems this week. Yeah, uh, I mean, I do too. I think if you're in more than five or six leagues, you have one league where uh, least, yeah. it's impossible for you to feel the wide receiver core uh, and you're just you're just looking around or trying to trade or something. So the guys that are out for week seven, Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool. A lot of good wide receivers that are in that top 20 that I just mentioned right there. Let's talk about guys that could possibly fill in for them that may be available on your league's waiver wire um, or, or free agent list right now. The first guy, Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's 28% owned in Flea Flicker Leagues. He is experiencing a positive trend in fantasy production from 0 in Week 4 to 9.5 in Week 5 to 26.1 in Week 6. Does that make you happy? Do you, do you see that? And I like those trends. <laughs> I, like, I like those trends. <laughs> so with, with both starting running backs out in Cleveland, uh, OBJ, we talked about earlier. We talked about his shoulder. He's nursing a grade 3 shoulder sprain. He might be in the game, but he still has a shoulder injury. And Landry coming off IR this week, uh, no guarantee of starting, uh, but he is uh, is supposed to be coming off IR, or perhaps they'll um, they'll extend that to next week. Um, Peoples Jones calculated risk uh, to start this week on your roster. Last week he caught four receptions on five targets for 101 yards and two touchdowns. We, we mentioned earlier that Dearness Johnson was a favorite preseason target of backup quarterback Case Keenum, who's filling in for uh, Baker Mayfield. Well, so was Donovan Peoples-Jones. And we often see backup quarterbacks have the most success with the players that they are most familiar with. It's too hard to predict touchdowns, especially in this volatile of a situation. Truth. But I think we'll see at least five targets for Peoples-Jones based on uh, uh, the past week's historical, which could be enough to prove a reasonable spot start this week 
uh, as the WR53 I have him ranked at. Now, that's still higher than a lot of other experts. And if you look back at last week, you see that he had uh, an outlier week. But because there's a trend, because there are injuries at the other wide receiver positions, because there are injuries at running back, because the quarterback that throws to him is the same one that threw to him in the preseason, then they're more familiar with each other. All these things lead to the same path. Absolutely. Now, with Beckham and Landry both questionable, and Chubb and Hunt both out for this coming week, are there a few other playmakers from the Browns specifically that could be considered playable in case Johnson and Peoples-Jones are unavailable? Uh, Rashad Higgins, perhaps? Rashad Higgins, okay. So uh, Rashad Higgins is like the slot guy over there right now. I I know that most people don't want to just pick out additional people from the Browns. Uh, that are further... Additional peoples? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I believe that Rashard Higgins has been getting pretty consistent targets, uh, like six, seven, eight points per game. Uh, you also have the tight ends there on that team, Austin Hooper and David Njoku. Uh, David Njoku has been more successful than Hooper, um, but but I'm not sure about any of those guys right now. If anyone, I would say Rashard Higgins, the guy you mentioned. He could be a good spot starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that I would delve into the tight ends on the Browns, especially in the situation where they're going into their backup quarterback as the starter. But It definitely uh, helps that a player has had a relationship with the quarterback before. Yes, absolutely. Um, can you look and see if there's any other questions in, in chat? And uh, I will move on to the next guy. Brian Edwards, uh, 32% owned in Flea Flicker Leagues, uh, has long been a prospect that fantasy team managers have looked at, but he hasn't been consistent enough to start on a week-to-week basis. He might still not be quite there, but the consistency is picking up. He has a 76% snap share, on the season, which is more than both Henry Ruggs and Hunter Renfro. Now, for for anyone out there, um, Tad, I'm looking at you, a contributor here for Drink 5 who's a huge Raiders fan, I bet he didn't know this, that Brian Edwards actually plays more snaps on a regular, consistent basis than Henry Ruggs and Hunter Renfro, two wide receivers that are uh, enjoying better wide receiver stats than Edwards is. But uh, Edwards has 4.5 targets per game so far in 2021. His performance is trending up, but it's trending up from a very low level, much like the guy we just talked about, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Week 4, 0.9 points. Week 5, 3.2. Week 6, 7.7. Still uh, not what you're looking for, right? (laughs) (laughs) But he's playing against a beatable Eagles secondary who's middle of the road against the pass. Uh, I think we can consider him to be a big play receiver that is finally getting consistent opportunities in the offense. Uh, Start with caution, but also with a good amount of upside as the WR54 in my rankings this week. This is right after Donovan Peoples-Jones. So there's two guys that are both owned, at least in Flea Flicker Leagues, in only a third of the, uh, a little bit less than a third of the, the league's um, that are out there. And so the odds of you being able to pick them up are, or at least one of them pretty is, high. is pretty high. Yeah. 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 And he's already had a few targets inside the red zone so far this year. So the possibility of a touchdown is there and that's, you know, that red zone is very important. You know, we talked about, um, 
I don't remember who we were talking about, someone who wasn't getting a lot of passes, but was getting a lot of red zone activity. Yeah, he, he has been getting red zone looks, and that is important. Uh, I think maybe what we talk about sometimes on the podcast is that regression, uh, the regression uh, towards the mean. Um, and Brian Edwards might be one of those guys that uh, has not had touchdowns yet, but he'll regress towards those touchdowns because it's likely based on the game plan of the offense that he will continue to get red zone targets and some of them will end up becoming touchdowns. They have to, as long as you can hold on to that ball. So yeah, this is <laughs> this is a tough decision um, since Edwards has had two games over 10 fantasy f- points uh, earlier in the season, but has only caught five passes in the last three games. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Are there any other possible fill-ins that we could uh, bring up? Yeah, other wide receivers to consider here. We have Demarcus Robinson. He's 12% owned, a wide receiver 58, of course, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Randall Cobb, 32% owned, wide receiver 60, requested specifically by Aaron Rodgers as a requirement to bring Aaron Rodgers back into the fold. Randall Cobb just had two touchdowns magically. That's not going to continue to happen. However, uh, we, we think that he'll still have um, a lot of very clutch plays, uh, now, that could be two first downs in a game, or it could be two touchdowns. It's really up to uh, Rodgers and Cobb, and I don't think they're going to leak any of that information. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I doubt it. <laughs> uh, why don't we take a little uh, drink break here and, and move on uh, to some lineup questions? Sure. All right. Let's get back into it, and uh, and Jess, uh, is there anything that that struck you as interesting over the uh, discussion that we had about those week seven by week fill-ins? Uh, you know, just the thing that I think is funny is when we talk about a wide receiver fifty-three or a wide receiver sixty. Uh huh. Like normally, not someone that you would ever consider. But considering that we have the bye weeks and we have injuries, um, those are the kind of numbers that we have to resort to, and that's not always a bad thing. Yeah, if you think about it as a, in a league where you have three wide receivers starting, then mm-hmm. you've got 10 on or each team. Or even three wide receivers and a flex. You know, sometimes you're starting four wide receivers. Right, so you have, you have 10 or 12 teams starting three wide receivers or four wide receivers, then suddenly you have up to 36 or 48 wide receivers that are already starting on teams. That's not including the people on the benches. So your wide receiver 57 could be someone that uh, is is just off of starting 
for somebody else. Right. And of course, that's not what they are all year. That's just what they are this week. Right. And so some of these guys, um, they might score 11 points, and then I'm going to put them back down to wide receiver 76. You know, it, it all depends on the situation. Yeah. Well, so. you know, you were mentioning uh, being top six in the week for so wide receivers or running backs. Uh, on fantasy pros overall this this past week just a uh, number six overall oh, fantastic yeah fantastic so yes i use fantasy pros myself um and so when i'm looking to set my lineups and do uh waiver picks i always go to the cheat sheet and i flip back and forth between uh the current week so in this case week seven versus uh rest of season yeah so you're not always going to look at rest of season uh, sometimes you need to know what's going to be good this week because of injuries. Because what's good this week might not be good three weeks from now. Um, so looking at the you know, overall uh, is not necessarily going to be helpful for the immediate future. And in some leagues, uh, we are in a league called um, a guillotine league. That's called Off With Their Heads. And each week, the person with the lowest score gets eliminated. So that one is really, league. it is, it really is. <laughs> um, so that one's really important uh, to be looking at week to week and not just rest of season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that had anything to do with your question, but. <laughs> it all has to do with my question. So Jason, uh, uh, being uh, away in Wisconsin this week, wasn't able to uh, grace us with his presence here physically on the show. However, uh, he did provide some over-under lines for you and I to bet on for this particular week. So I'm going to write down uh, what we decide on on these uh, particular gambits, but um, I'm just going to read them out. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, of course, he's the quarterback for the Rams. He's going up um, uh, against Detroit this particular week, which is the team that he came from. Uh, Stafford's return to Detroit, as Jason puts it. He'll certainly get a huge welcome from the fans. And while this isn't as big as Brady returning to Foxborough, uh, I'd like to see it. He's been quite consistent this season. Over-under line is set at 21 points. That's 21 points for Matthew Stafford. And you get to start, and we'll just alternate. So you can say over or under 21 points for Matthew Stafford against Detroit. Okay. So I am going to go with over. I'm going to go with over. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to go with over as well. Oh, we are allowed to pick the same thing. We are. Interesting. Okay. And uh, we have to decide what we're going to yeah, bet Yeah, I was going to say, but what are we betting on? <laughs> I originally suggested a $60 bottle of wine. $60 bottle From of wine. Napa Valley, uh, from a, a winery called Cake Bread. Uh, I don't know. Those stakes might be a little high. That's amazing. <laughs> it's just a wine that I've been wanting to t- try for years now, and I've not gotten around to buying it. Well, I'm going to look like an asshole if I don't say yes to this bet. I didn't necessarily say that should be it. So this is the cake bread bet. Cake bread. We're doing it. So either way, we both get to try it, right? Uh, Aaron Jones, running back, uh, Green Bay versus Washington. I get to start this one. The football team, who is, of course, Washington football team, their defense has been a huge disappointment this year. Aaron Jones has only one breakout game and many good but not great ones. Over underline is set at 17.5 points for Aaron Jones. Is he going to have a really great game against Washington, or will he just have an okay game and it won't be really great? Uh, and I am going to say 
that he's going to have a great game over. I'm I'm also going to go with over. Jess is going over. We can't we can't end all of these with the same. It's got to be a tiebreaker. If we bet everything the same, <laughs> then it means that we just have to split the bottle of cake bread. It means that we've been together for too long. Oh, that would be fine. Then we each get to pay half, you know. And it's horrible for the audience. Uh, Jamar Chase, this is your turn. Wide receiver Cincinnati at Baltimore. Chase has been the most exciting rookie to watch all season. He turned a crappy preseason into a rookie of the year campaign. This week it's a tough matchup against Baltimore, giving up the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So the over-under for Jamar Chase is 13.5 points. Does he score over or under 13.5 points? So what I find interesting is from week 1 to 6, his points are 2013, 22-13, 27-13. So the trend would say he's going to score over 20, but yeah. I don't think he's going to do that against Baltimore. I feel like I need to take the under on this. I feel like this is going to buck the trend, if you will. High, low, high, low. He's going to go low twice. I'll go over. You're going to stick with the trend. I like it. (laughs) Kyle Pitts is the last one. Tight end Atlanta at Miami. Pitts finally had his breakout game in London. Then he had a bye week. Now he gets to face the struggling Dolphins. The over-under set at 9.4 points. For a guy who had a breakout game last week, does he go over or under? And I get to go first on this one. Uh, and I'm going to say that he goes under. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go over then. Not because you're going under, but, you know, not to be argumentative. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go over. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Jason, for preparing those questions. Thanks, Jay. That's going to be for a $60 bottle of cake bread. And I think we've answered them uh, sufficiently different enough in less... Jess and I tie on those those last two. Uh, and then our, we split the bottle. With our opposite answers. And then we'll split the bottle and we'll both drink it. So that'll be fine. Uh, I'm, oh, does the winner get to drink the bottle to themselves? No, well, we didn't, we didn't go over that, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to share. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so if you check out the, the chat room, if there's anything else that needs to be brought up, I'm going to start going over the cut list. For this particular week, we have the J cut hey, list. Hey, wait, what's this fake news? Uh, just read it over before you uh, broadcast it on air. Uh, <laughs> quarterback T- Taylor Heineke, owned in 41% of Flea Flicker leagues, started strong and scored over 20 fantasy points each game in week 2, 3, and 4, but has now been held under 12 points for two weeks in a row. And last week against the Chiefs, good matchup for him on paper. You're right. Uh, he should have done better, but he didn't. So that's a cut. Uh, Sam Darnold owned in 66% of Flea Flicker Leagues. His rushing ability was making up for his other skills at quarterback. But at this point, he has the same amount of interceptions as he does passing touchdowns. Seven and seven. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. Sam Darnold, you cannot be trusted as a consistent option. For any leagues in which uh, you are playing one quarterback specifically... These guys should not be on your lineup. For some reason, they still are. People are hanging on to them. People are not letting go. Um, uh, Jess, any input on the quarterbacks? Uh, no. I mean, um, I don't know why they're holding on so tightly. 
a lot of people just don't like change. They don't like to go out and uh, affect it. things. But if you don't like change as a uh, a fantasy team manager, you got don't expect to problems. win. Don't expect to win leagues. <laughs> well, for example, let's see. Someone, oh no, he's still in the top 10. I was going to say someone that I'm having trouble letting go of. I was going to say Joe, Joe Burrow, but... No, Burrow has been great. Burrow has been very good throwing two touchdowns in almost every single one of his games. Uh, you should have no problem starting Burrow going forward. All right, but... Go on, go on. Running backs, Miles Gaskin, 89% owned. Can you believe that, guys? Well, I can because of the 26.9 points he scored in Week 5. However, people are still holding on to him. You know what? Let's be honest. Before then, he was trending down. Last week, he disappointed with very little usage and a fumble. There was one week that he did well in. One week. And yet, we're still 90% owned, basically, with Miles Gaskin. Let's give up the ghost, guys. Miles Gaskin, not going to be a fantasy league winner. Just give it up. Naheem Hines, 68% owned. Over the the past three weeks, we've been seeing Marlon Mack being used in situations where Hines would normally be on the field. Maybe this is part of an effort to raise Mack's trade value to ship him off somewhere else. But either way, it means that Naheem Hines is unstartable right now because he is being uh, his work's being divided uh, with Marlon Mack. And that is just not something that's acceptable for us as Naheem Hines owners. We should not allow this to occur. Uh, you know, after a, a couple of good games that he that he had, unfortunately, we're going to have to let him go. Curtis Samuel, uh, wide receivers, 58% owned. He is simply not contributing anything this year. Everyone except for Curtis's mom should drop him and redraft fantasy leagues. Now, I don't care if Curtis Samuel's mom keeps him. That's fine. It's up to him. Uh, it's up to, to her. Um, it's up to... You know, family situations. But I, I know ev- what my issue was with Joe Burrow. It's because I've been starting Josh Allen, but I have Joe Burrow as my second quarterback for when I have Joe Burrow on by, which is or when I have Josh Allen on by, which is this week. Yeah, so you'll start Joe Burrow once. <laughs> you have a really good lineup. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow is great. So nothing to complain about over there. Right. Uh, if you have Curtis Samuel, you do not need him on your team. He is not playing, and he is horrible. Drop him. My bigger problem is who I think you're going to talk about next, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker, 67% owned. He has lingering shoulder and hamstring injuries. Trade rumors are swirling all around Parker. We're not even sure who the quarterback is going to be. The Dolphins have been uh, up and down all year. Uh, This is not a guy that you should start with any kind of consistency. Now, I don't know where you drafted Parker, but you could clearly find someone who is more consistent and healthy than having this guy on your bench. It did seem like the news today said that Parker might play this week, but is that really what you want? Do you really want to go down this Parker roller coaster? Uh, I think that he'll probably give you games that are 12 points and then 3 points. That's the kind of a situation that you want to avoid. This is all my opinion, of course. Now, you have Devontae Parker on what kind of a team? Uh, Redraft league with uh, 10 10 teams? Redraft, yeah. I feel like I just got rid of him. So there's probably (laughs) other players that you could pick up. I think I must have picked someone else up. I'm not seeing him uh, on here anymore. I think I must have just recently dropped him. Well, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the good news. (laughs) 
Um, Jason, Jason Evans in the in the chat. Oh no, here he is. I still have him here on off with their heads guillotine league. Get rid of him, right? Correct. Jason Find Evans. Find someone better. Jason Evans in the chat is uh, is spewing some uh, some knowledge, saying that Miles Sanders, even if he is bad, is going to score more points than CMC over the next few weeks. Now, uh, is that because CMC isn't going to be in? Well, so of course, everyone's going to score more points than him. Well, few uh, to me is is something that means three to four, and so that's not necessarily accurate. If because uh, Christian McCaffrey went on IR, uh, what is it, two weeks ago now? Which means that he may, last week. Which I feel means like that, it was just announced last week. Which means that he could come back sooner. Christian than, McCaffrey, yeah, because we thought that he was going to start back this week in week six, and it was announced that he was going on IR, that he needed more time to recover. Uh, you know, we hope he recovers. We need him back. Right. The worst thing that can happen to your team is losing your first round draft pick. I've learned this from experience. Hopefully, we'll survive. But you shouldn't let that, uh, you know, uh, identify you as a team. You shouldn't let that uh, create your persona. Just because you lost someone does not mean you can't win. Doesn't mean we can't move forward. <laughs> um, uh, hot seat, Allen Robinson, n- 92% owned. That's 92% owned in Flea Flicker Leagues. Has not scored over 10 fantasy points the entire season. Crazy. He's had one touchdown. He averages three receptions per game since week two. So he's on the hot seat for me because Allen Robinson is, is uh, as most of us know, at least those of us who have played more than one fantasy season, an amazing wide receiver regardless of his quarterback. With uh, with Blake Bortles, with whoever he had or has, has been able to put up a lot of fantasy Just points. It blows my mind how mediocre he's been this year. But it's not about Robinson. It's about the offensive passing scheme and the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And that much is clear based on his past history. What I'm saying is this. If Fields, Justin Fields, his quarterback on the Chicago Bears, can't find a connection with Robinson against Tampa Bay, who has been open to all sorts of really great wide receiver performances this year, then it's time to give up on Robinson. You're saying it could be another misconnection on the Metra. That's right. On the Metra. Misconnection. I hope not. Because... Uh, Allen Robinson is a good receiver uh, when you look at all things um, aside from their situations. But we'll see what happens. I'm giving him one more shot, and if he is not able to break out and uh, the Bears are not able to target him in a way that makes sense, then I guess I, I have to cut loose. For the tight end position, I only have one guy who I've said multiple times over the past couple weeks, but you guys are not listening. 73% (laughs) owned. Robert Tanyan is still owned by a huge number of teams. Robert Tanyan, who has not scored more than two fantasy points per game in four weeks. Insane. It's every single week. It's been one point something. And and yet everyone just is it just Packers fans? There's there's that many Packers fans that love Robert Tanyan that much. Unbelievable, Jess. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> no, so I must be. Oh, I'm confusing him with Tony. So never mind. I was gonna say I thought he was supposed to be some hot pickup last week. No, that was Kadarius Tony. That is the Tony. You Not are correct. Tony. You're correct. So, uh, anything else that you'd like to add before we head off? Nothing majorly significant. Okay. I wish I had some wise words of wisdom. Well, WWWs. I'd, I'd like to thank you for joining uh, me today on the show. Can you pour a couple of shots for us? 
Uh, some closing shots here. I'd like to thank Jason, even though he's on location, for providing the bet for us. Uh, that is fantastic. And we'll go over the results of that next week after uh, we play through all of this week's fantasy football. Um, I would like to remind everybody to go onto our channel on YouTube. You can find it under Drink5, all one word. Uh, please like the channel and um, uh, click the bell when you're watching the video to be able to see every single time there's a new video. Follow us on Facebook at Drink5 Network, uh, also on Twitter at Drink5. And uh, Jason and myself will be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Uh, we can do that on Twitter. And if you put questions on Instagram, I'll forward it on to them. And Jess can answer those or questions. I can help too. You know, I've got the, some of the same resources and yeah. heck yeah, outlooks on things. Um, on an unrelated note, uh, I you know you asked if I had any closing thoughts or anything. That was a couple of minutes ago. Though. It was. It was. I had time to think. You're about it. You're still welcome to give some. I had time to think about it. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was very funny that um, since we were talking about moms, um, Patrick Mahomes' mother uh, feels that a tipped. Interception should not count against her son. And I kind of agree with her. Do you think there's a petition that we could sign or something? <laughs> well, why I love don't, my little Patrick Mahomes. Why don't and we, I agree with his mama. Why don't we that cheers shouldn't count against him. To Patrick Mahomes' mom <laughs> and to uh, to everyone out there listening to the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. Uh, we like appreciate you guys. Tony, maybe? To Tony. To Tony Mahomes, if that's her name. I hope it is because... Otherwise, I butchered it. To Tony Mahomey. Tony Mahomey. Good night. Drink five. Drink five. Ha <laughs> ha.